Peace, power, and prosperity, family. This is Amir, the Chicago Crypto Hustler, Bitcoin Block Bully, coming to you once again with an early rising show of coffee and crypto. How we doing out there, everyone? Um, we got a couple of stories coming through by way of Coin Telegraph and CoinDesk. Also, we're going to take a look at the step back and take a look at the market, seeing where we could be headed. Right now, pretty much the rest of the market is in the red, while Bitcoin is in the green. Um, Bitcoin up 4.96%. Damn near 5% within the last 24 hours, while everything else is in the negative while everything else is in the negative um let me see where it is let me find my headphones let me find my headphones hold on give me one second All right, here we go. And those aren't going to work. It's all good. I'm pretty sure I can be heard clearly right now. Let me set the phone up. Let me set the phone up a, a tad bit differently. Just so that I can ensure that I'm going to be at least heard clearly enough. Um, So for those that will be tuning in on the New Money Matrix podcast, Grand Rising, how we doing out there? Um, we are streaming live right now on YouTube and Facebook, as well as recording New Money Matrix podcast for the uh, those that want to listen on later on. May want to get a recap, may not want to have to uh, watch the full show, but you know, just just get a couple of jewels here and there. Um, let me see what is that. We'll slide a stop down around. Okay. And some reason the screen's going in and out over here now. Let me see. Let me try to correct that. There we go. All right. Now, if I can be heard on all platforms, we're going to go ahead and kick this off with our first story. Bitcoin reclaims that $13,000 uh, mark as the New York Fed says recession risk highest since 2008. Now, for anyone that's been tuning in for the show, tuning in to the podcast, the live shows for any amount of time, you will know that I've talked about the um, financial crash of 2008. In fact, I go into that in my book, being that that was the whole reason that Bitcoin, so says the story, the legend, whatever you want to call it, that cryptocurrency was created out of that financial crisis of 2008 where um, the banks failed and had to be bailed out by the taxpayers' funds, i.e. you and I. Um, now we're back. Bitcoin, Bitcoin's climbing once again. Um, back. And it's, it's oddly enough, it's been damn near 10 years. Well, we're going on 11 years now since, since that, um, you know, that whole fiasco. For an inside look on what happened within that space, you can check out the movie, real interesting movie called The Big Short, where individuals shorted the housing market, where it was being overinflated and no one thought that it could crash. Which led to the banks having to get bailed out, yada, 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 yada. But um, definitely an interesting flick if you're interested in this type of stuff. So let's go ahead and get on to the story real quick. Let me check and make sure that I can be heard on all platforms. Let me see. 
Zigzag, what's going on? Peace, family, peace. You said everything's clear over here. Okay, got my mans over here. He said I'm clear. You slide over here on the Facebook side of things. Let me make sure I'm clear over here. Miss Camacho, how we doing? Miss Davis, peace. Brother Wheeler, what's going on? Who was that? Miss Galalo. Miss, no. Miss Colo. Miss Mascolo. Miss Mascolo. There we go. If I pronounce it and butcher the name, I do apologize. I do try to uh, speak adequately and correctly. All right, so um, it says Bitcoin hit 13000 again on July 10th as a 2019 bull market delivered fresh reasons to celebrate for traders and hodlers alike. That pretty much looks like the uh, scene right now, ain't it? The only difference is Leo's not up anymore and a couple of other uh, currencies aren't up. Data from Coin360 show BTC USD hitting 13130 in early trading Wednesday, the pair reclaiming almost $1,000 in 24 hours. The past days have surprised markets, with analysts previously warning a major correction should set in after Bitcoin loses below 11450 They go on to state, now sentiment is trending to the upside. With regular commentator Josh Rager eyeing July's monthly close as a significant yardstick for price. The monthly close is still a few weeks away, but you can't deny the bullishness that Bitcoin can close above the previous all-time close at 13863 He wrote on Twitter as 13000 return. Let's slide over, take a look at my actual charts um, using TradingView and take a look at Bitcoin. We wait for things to pop up. Miss Cameron, how we doing? Grand Rising Queen. Peace, peace. Miss Tammy, how we doing? Grand Rising. Alright, let's go slide and take a look at BTC. Let's go hit our charts. So what we're doing now is um, pulling up a social media, well I ain't going to say social media, a social platform for traders and investors called TradingView.com, TradingView.com, which allows you to look at a number of different um, traded assets, be it indices, um, commodities, precious metals, forexes, um, digital currencies. What you're looking at right now is a customized trading chart put together by me, which has certain... Um, Signs and symbols to it, which some call technical analysis, it, that um, you know gives you an outlook, a certain perspective of what may could possibly happen within the market price action of any one currency or any one asset. Let me say now this isn't just tied to just Bitcoin. We could easily come over here, type in Nike right now. I got it set on cryptocurrency, so we can come over here. We can hit stocks. We can look at Nike Inc. on the New York Stock Exchange. And we can easily look at Nike in the same platform. In fact, if we go back on a weekly and we look, I do have a bit of technical analysis done on Nike. This was done last year around the time when the whole Kaepernick fiasco was going on. And I had a family member that wanted to invest in it. And what I did was pull the swing low to a swing high, showing them that they should wait for a, a correction to come in before they do it. And the correction did come retraced down 50% of the way, as you can see, before bouncing back up to the previous all-time high, taking the rejection back down once again, look, to the 236, almost like clockwork. 
bouncing off of that 2.36 Fibonacci retracement level and then proceeding higher, cracking the last uh, previous high, and right now sitting at a price of $88 and, what is that, $0.04? Cents? Oh, shit. Hey, when I tell y'all that them fours follow crazy, 8804, 4444, that's crazy. Um, but let's look at it like this. Let's get rid of all the noise. Let's put it on the monthly. Right, right now, Nike is trading. Let's see. Hold on. Look at that. Nike, that that's, the, that's the perspective of Nike right there. But peep this out, though. While, you, while some individuals are out there paying, you know, two, $300 for their shoes, the stock's only going for 88 bucks. And look at the trajectory. This is 1984. Nike was selling at 10 cents. 1984. Came up. Hit a bottom right here. $1.37. This was 1993. Shot up to $8.09. Broke back down. You hit a bottom right here at $3. We'll say, what was the bottom? $3.23. $3 in, in the year 2000. In the year 2000, Nike was $3.23. How much were we spending on Jordans around that time? Let's do the math. If we would have took the money that we would have spent on shoes in the year 2000 and just one pair of shorts, just, we'll just do one pair of Jordans at $3 and we'll say the high of the day, which is 5 bucks, the high of the month. We'll say the, the amount of money we spent on Jordans in the first month of March or the month of March, the year 2000, at $5 a share of Nike, right now selling at $88, what type of return would we have came, had uh, been able to bring back versus us, you know, just having memorabilia sitting around the house? Oh, I remember I bought them Jordans back in 2000, you know, whatever the case may be. This is why we got to change the way our, our thinking, our, our, the, uh, what we value, you know what I'm saying, our blood, sweat, you know what I'm saying, our equity to go to. Turn this back to regular. So, um... But yeah, you can use TA for um, any asset. Uh, for those that are gold bugs, we can look at gold right now. You can see gold right now having a uh, nice rally coming up towards the 236, bouncing off of the 382. Very nice. Uh, gold with a swing low, swing high, Fibonacci retracement down to the 50% retracement line at 10,044. Bounced up, found support at the 382, which is around 12,000, excuse me, 1,044. Uh, came up, found support at the 382, which is around $1,231. Consolidated, right? You had a top here at around 1,366. As you can see, constantly trying to break that. Now, the minute it did break it, you see it came back for a retest, or it's coming back currently for a retest on the monthly right now before it does, may exceed, and actually breach the 236, which is at $1,461. Right now, currently sell, uh, selling at $1,410.59 an ounce. Now, let's take a look at silver. Silver not faring out the exact same way as Bitcoin is. In fact, silver at a low right now. Trying to get its head above water. The 236 comes in at $15.62. That is the price that has to be breached before silver. Well, what's that, 1598 
Yeah, you got to break that 2-3-6, possibly back tested. You tried it here, but it wasn't a strong enough rally. You quickly lost momentum and got dragged down by the 21-day um, EMA, which is an exponential moving average. Right now, that's being treated as your resistance. Um, the 7-day moving average was trying to come through and pick it up. Price action wasn't good enough. Silver not selling good enough right now, but it is prime time. In my opinion, which is what I'm doing to accumulate as much silver as possible while it does consolidate as these lows um, and even go a bit lower as it is a precious metal and it does appreciate over time. Um, I got a, a positive outlook for silver, pretty much not the same as I do for Bitcoin, but I got a pretty good outlook on it. You know what I'm saying? It's a, it's a tangible asset individuals are familiar with versus you having to barter with something like Bitcoin, which they may not be familiar with. You know what I mean? Um, but uh, yeah. Um, let me see. Getting back into the story, though. Let's see. Oh, that's what we're going to take a look at. Let's take a look at Bitcoin on the weekly real quick. Let's go back. Now, Bitcoin futures right now trading at 13,295 on the CME charts. Let's see. Let's look at... This is Coinbase. Let me see what we got going on over here on Coinbase. Well, I can show this now. This is a previous chart that I had for the um, Bit Patreon group, where um, and those that are part of the group can attest that before any it hit any one of these areas, that all this the risk zone, stop zone, buy zone was set up pre. Market, um, meaning pre where we're at right now, pretty much I've had these charts set up for maybe two weeks now. So I'm um, looking at it daily. Now, nah, maybe about a week, maybe about two, man, maybe about a week, week and a half. Now, looking at the weekly chart, we can see we do have a, a let me see, previous weekly low was 10,778. What are they saying in their story? They're saying the monthly close is still a few weeks away, but we can't deny the bullishness. If Bitcoin can close above the previous all-time close at 13863 13863 There it is. And that happens to be, let's see. Let's flip this around. See if we get any type of... Uh, confirmation and there it is right there i don't know if y'all see that pay attention right here to where the fibonacci retracement levels are at i'm going to reverse this back which now places your 1618 if i'm not mistaken back in position towards the swing low now if i reverse that you now see the 1618 and hit exactly where that weekly high is that's fibonacci and once again, let me put this out there as a full disclaimer. First and foremost, I'm not a financial advisor. I'm not a financial advisor. I cannot give you financial advice. I'm not a tax advisor. I'm not a tax advisor. I cannot give you tax advice. This is for entertainment purposes only. This is for entertainment purposes only. Also, I have no type of schooling, degree, certification, um, cert certificate of completion, none of that in this space. I'm 100% self-taught. So um, I figured all this shit out on my own. So I didn't go to no school for this. So things that I'm saying may be incorrect to how somebody was taught. In a school setting, that's okay. This works for me. 
You know, this works for me. So on the weekly, that's what that's what we're looking to break the one six one eight. Now heading right back over into the story. On high time frames, it will be clear skies with no price history, resistance overhead, only support. Countdown to July 31st. Right now it's July 10th, so they're saying it's a countdown going on. At press time, BTC had slipped slightly lower to hover around 12,950. Weekly gains are now at 12.9%, while over the past month, this is just one month with Bitcoin, investors have seen 68% growth. Now, that's 68% growth dollar amount. You do know if you were accumulating Bitcoin between that time, you would actually multiply or is it add the amount of Bitcoin you gained plus the amount of dollar value that Bitcoin itself rose. You understand? The new price highs coincided with data showing the risk to the U.S., the United States. Remember, this is world news. This is not just for the United States. The new price highs coincided with data showing the risk. You said I'm breaking up? They said I'm breaking up on YouTube. Let me know if I'm breaking up, family. Let me know if I'm breaking up on YouTube at all. Let me see. Hold on, let me stop real quick. Let me make sure I'm clear on all platforms. Let me see. What else could I close? Pretty much closed everything. So let's, let's close that. Um, let me see. Am I, am, am I clear or am I breaking up on uh, Facebook as well? Yes, I'm breaking up. Okay, so I'm breaking up on all platforms. How long have I been breaking up for? Let me know how long y'all been tuning in. Let me know how long y'all been, been able to listen. Let me know how long it's been breaking up for. Because I definitely want this to be uh, heard clearly. If I have to restart, I will. If I have to restart, I will restart. So let me know how long... Let me know if it's still breaking up. Let me know if it's still breaking up. Okay, so I'm breaking up on both platforms. Okay, so what may need to happen, I may need to restart this. Let me see. Um, let me make sure all this is saved. Close that. Ah, you know what it is? I got the Brave browser running in the background. Let me close up the Brave browser. That's that. That is possibly the definite reason that it's uh, freezing up right now. Let me close this Brave browser before I restart anything. Let me close this Brave browser. All right. Let me know if I'm clear now. Let me know if I'm coming in clear. Let me know if I'm coming in clear. Yeah, that might have been the Brave Browser doing that. Peace, 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 Brother Tim. What's going on, Miss Camacho? Brother Ryan's Grand Rising. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the show. Okay, so we should be clear now. Let me see, let me check over on YouTube. Let me see if I'm clear. You sound fine. You clear. 
You were in and out for a couple of minutes. All right, let me let me backtrack real quick. Let me backtrack to the story just a tad bit. Um, I mean, it really, really wasn't saying nothing. Uh, basically, the new price highs within Bitcoin coincide with data showing that the risk to the United States of entering a recession was now the most severe since the 2008 financial crash, which I speak about in my book, um, The Puzzle, The Enigma Behind Bitcoin and Cryptocurrency. The alarming findings came courtesy of Bloomberg journalist Tracy Alloway, who uploaded data from the New York's Fed recession indicator. Bitcoin, meanwhile, further regained a record share of the cryptocurrency market at a 65.1%, a figure not seen since April of 2017. So let's see. Grayscale Trust doing decent. What am I looking for here? I'm trying to find... Not the... Not that. Let me see. I'm trying to find the dominance in Bitcoin. I forgot. Well, I may have it saved. Let me check real quick. Let me actually have it. This is the liquid index for Bitcoin. Not what I was looking for, but it gives you nonetheless an outlook on the rate at which Bitcoin is re uh, ex I was about to say declining, <laughs> inclining right now. I mean... It's, 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 it's damn near full speed ahead right now. Do we have drawbacks and pullbacks? Of course. I mean, look at this strong pullback right here from 13,866 back down to 10,325. But that's after you've gone from $3,000 to $10,000. You understand what I mean? From 3000 at the beginning of the year to $10,000 currently. I mean, 12005 right now. But, I mean, you get to drift in the idea. You know? Right now, Bitcoin is the best performing asset I think in the traditional market, as of right now, with returns since the uh, beginning of the year. If I'm not mistaken, I may be incorrect. I'm not, let me see. Let's let's check that out. Let me see if I can find anything to corroborate that. Let's see. And sometimes, I'm telling you, Google is your friend. You can just type in the most simplest thing. Man, Bitcoin brings back most gains this year. Let me see. Extends gains, price gains for streams, extend the longest. Regulation. We're not looking for that. Let me see. Let's look through the news. See, they're going to show us all this new shit. $350 billion crypto market higher since 2017. 
probably not going to find it just, you know, within a little couple of minutes and seconds that we got. So just uh, moving right along with the story. Um, let me see. Altcoins were thus predictably in the red. Yeah, everybody talking about this altcoin season. And you should be buying altcoins right now. Look, never go with what the majority I mean, it's two different majorities, just like it's, it's, it's people operating in the public and the private. You know what I'm saying? You do have a majority of people saying, oh, it's altcoin season. Then you got another majority that's saying, man, bullshit, what altcoin season? You know what I'm saying? Bitcoin's on the rise right now. Um, you putting your money into the alts right now, unless you're trading them against the USD or stablecoin equivalent, will be suicide. Because you're not gaining anything off it right now. All, you're losing BTC in it and you're losing USD. So it's a lose-lose for you right now. One of the most asked about coins that I get from people that are just now getting into the space are Cardano. And their thing is, our Cardano's low and I like the project and yada, yada, yada. And that shit's fine and dandy. But for an investor, what is that, ADA? Let's look at ADA. Let's look at ADA versus Bitcoin real quick. Let's look at ADA versus Bitcoin on Binance. Look at that. And we're just now hitting that other, look, weekly low. Look at this. What would make you invest in something like that? A name, you get what I'm saying? I understand trying to catch the dip, to catch the low. This isn't a dip, family. This right here is a slaughter. This is a failure as a financial uh, asset as of right now. Until it picks back up, until, until it breaks to 236, I wouldn't even be having my eyes on Cardano. Now, this is what people are scared of. They're like, well, if I buy it now, right, and it goes to the 236, that's 162% profit. In Bitcoin, mind you. In Bitcoin, not USD. That's 162% more Bitcoin I can have. That is true. That is if this is the bottom. But if you buy here, right, and price action just continues to go lower, and you go down another 200%, then you're going to have to go up 200% before you even break even, meaning you're going to have to gain about four, no, 300 plus percent in order to get the original Whatever percent you were looking for. You understand what I mean? So you trying to predict and buy bottoms and shit like this, not a good idea. Let 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 them create their own bottom. Now, for anyone that wants a dollar cost average, I mean shit. Your dollar cost averaging is not working with this asset. Like I say, just cause it has a name and you know, whatever they may be doing over there. I, I'm gonna be honest with y'all, I don't even look at Cardano. Just cause I, I come and I look at the chart and it's like, nah, this isn't nothing that I want to touch. I don't care what they have going on. Now, could this thing all of a sudden pop to the upside and, you know, everybody, you know, mysteriously and magically get rich off of it? Yeah, but I don't bet off shit like that. You understand what I mean? I don't bet off nothing like that. That's suicide. That's you hoping and wishing that you get an outcome and then if it don't come, you understand? what? Yeah, nah, I don't do none of that. So, uh, moving right along. Let me see. Where do we leave off at? Ah, okay, yeah, they said all coins are supposed to come, but almost all suffering losses as attention continues to focus on Bitcoin. Ethereum shed 2.3% to trade at 309, while others lost similar amounts. The exception was exchange's Bitfinex Uno said Leo token, which conversely gained several percentage points, and Tezos also performed better than most. Funny thing about that, anybody that's part of the uh, BitPatreon group, y'all already know both of those. Both of those are two of the uh, coins that we actually have as targets. Um, with entries um, in our in the group, so uh, kind of crazy that those two specifically are the two that um, were the exception to the rest of the market. Uh, Big Patreon family. So uh, yeah, that's the uh, news as it relates to the price action with Bitcoin reaching that thirteen thousand dollar price again. 
right now coming in. Where's Bitcoin at? 13,026. Ripple at 39 cent. Ethereum at $3.07. Bitcoin Cash at 414. EOS at 582. Stellar Lumens at 9 cent. LTC at $1.18. Excuse me, $118. Uh, Tron at 3 cent. Cardano, not looking good. Not looking good at all. Now, mind you, now let, let, let's go take a look at uh, another outlook on Cardano, though, because you do have a USD equivalent with Cardano. So let's look at Cardano versus Tether US on Binance, right? Now, you can see we got a different outlook over here, correct? Slide this over. Let's get rid of this, right? Now, versus US dollars, right? Cardano has a fighting chance, actually a very nice fighting chance. Now, looking at the uh, Stokes, you do have a uh, bearish crossover that came in, what was this, on the 17th of June, which actually broke your seven-day moving average, which actually gave you a bearish outlook utilizing the EMA, I mean the MA and EMA crossover. Let me see, what else could we have possibly hit? Let's extend. So, peep this out. Swing low, excuse me, swing high to swing low, which actually should have been... Right there. What was I using? Let me go to a daily. I couldn't have been using the weekly. Okay, so I was using this top. That's what I was uh, going off of. So that was a swing low. So your 1618 is at uh 13 cent when you're trading Cardano versus USD. Now versus USD, what you've seen happen was real real quick, let's open it up. You see you came up. Not even really. You actually came up, you broke through the 236, shot up to the 382, came back down, momentarily consolidated around the 236 before breaking back down, finding this lower level of support, breaking back up, getting rejected by the 236. Coming down, look at that catch-up. Look at that pickup right there. Look, that was a damn nice catch by the 21-day EMA. You see that right there? Look at that. I mean, I probably can't see it. I wonder if... Let me see. Maybe let me make these a little bit thicker also. There we go. All right. Real nice pickup right there. Real nice pickup. Which, Because remember, you got rejected by the 236 here. You came back down and got picked up by the 21-day uh, the EMA. Now, on a smaller note, you can see the rejection level that came in at the 7-day EMA. So look, pick up by the 21, rejection by the 7. Look at that. Real solid. Real nice closure. Came down, got swooped up by the 7-day moving average. Now look at that. Connect, connect, broke back down. Seven-day moving average to come in. Couldn't hold its gains, broke back down. In fact, if we place a level of support here, we can see that this does coincide with our previous support levels, which also coincides with the 21-day EMA, which it came back down to retest. Even though it broke through on the wick, we had a body closed and came back up, got rejected by the 21. Before you got this uh, bullish um, crossover right here, the seven-day and the 21-day. And he broke broke the all 
one very nice reaction out of fucking Cardano. Look at that. This is damn. This is Cardano shit. Cardano went on a nice run. Ah, oh, but back to what we was talking about though. I can get sidetracked at times. Y'all gotta uh gotta mind me. Um, let's see. Going over to the next story. U.S. lawmakers reintroduced the safe harbor crypto tax bill in the Congress. Let's see what's going on this time. The United States Congressman Tom Emmer has reintroduced his safe harbor for taxpayers with forked asset bill, according to a press release published July 9th. The reintroduced version of the bill appears to have been published on July 3rd, based on the date printed within the document. Emmer initially announced plans for the forked asset bill in 2018 as a means to simplify tax laws pertaining to assets held on blockchains with hard forks. A hard fork on a blockchain splits the chain into, with one path following the original protocol and another path diverging with different... Hey, look, the easy way to look at that, because that, that right there, just that one sentence I already know can lose an amount of people if they're not too familiar with the wordplay or the terminology that's utilized. What they're basically saying is how Bitcoin split up and then you got Bitcoin Cash. Bitcoin split up and then you got Bitcoin Diamond. Bitcoin, well, I'm not even going to say Bitcoin split up. You have hard forks coming out of some of these currencies that create another opposite. It's a clone, but it's like a, um, think of gremlins, right? Out of one, you get all those little offshoots of gremlins anytime he gets wet with water. And all of them got their own little characteristics. It's the same shit with the hard forks. You know what I mean? In fact, I like that analogy. I'm going to coin that and put that in a book. But it's the same thing. You get Bitcoin wet and all these little gremlins start popping up. So now you got Bitcoin gold, Bitcoin diamond, Bitcoin cash. And then Bitcoin cash fucked up and got wet. Excuse me. Bitcoin cash ended up getting wet and it started and it hard forked. So now out of Bitcoin, you got Bitcoin cash ABC, Bitcoin cash S, um, SV, which is Satoshi's vision. And the list goes on of the way that hard forks happen. Now, the new path is incompatible with the original blockchain and does not regard as previously ratified transactions as valid. Um, when we look at Ethereum, right? Ethereum actually is a hard fork of Ethereum Classic. Ethereum Classic is actually the original protocol for Ethereum or what you would call Ethereum. Um, I don't know if anybody knew that. Let me make sure. Let me know if I'm clear. Let me know if I'm clear. I know I'm coming through clear on the, uh, on the uh, podcast. The podcast is always clear. Um, Grand Rising Brother Andrews, Brother Jabari, Brother Lowry, Miss Brown. Um, who is that? Brother Sinoan and Brother Hatchet. What's going on? Welcome to the show. Let me see who I got checking in over here on the um, YouTube side. You sound fine. Hearing you okay. So I'm still fine. I'm still clear over here on YouTube, Facebook. I'm still clear before I proceed. Just give me a thumbs up real quick if you can. Give me a thumbs up. So all I need is a thumbs up real quick. From one side at least, Bitcoin, I mean uh, Facebook or uh, YouTube. Just let me get a thumbs up from somebody so I can proceed. I hope that nothing's frozen. We're going on 42 minutes. Let me see what we got recording right now on New Money Matrix Podcast. Let me see. There we go. We're running 35 minutes and 7 seconds on the New Money Matrix podcast. I do see a thumbs up coming on, um, what is this? Facebook. Okay, we do got thumbs up on Facebook. We do got thumbs up on Facebook. Let me check YouTube. We got thumbs up on YouTube also. So let's go ahead and proceed with the story. Um, it goes on to state, Emily purportedly introduced the bill in order to foster blockchain industry growth in the United States. By lessening the burden on businesses to figure out relevant tax laws. In Ember's own words, taxpayers can only comply with the law when the law is clear. Hmm. Interesting. In, that's, a, that's, that's one fucking interesting uh, um, quote. 
for them to say that taxpayers can only comply with the law when the law is clear. How many of us right now, right now, I mean, you ain't got to actually answer this. I'll be honest. How many of us understand the tax laws, the monetary law, the banking laws, um, even the systems as we know it right now, even though we're participating in them? How many of you understand why you pay taxes and where your taxes go to? Understand this. Your taxes do not go to welfare recipients, as you may think, or any of that other bullshit. Your tax, pot, pay, uh, tax dollars, which is just Federal Reserve notes, which is just bank notes, which is just debt notes, which just represent a discharge and offset of debt, actually go to pay off the national debt, which you can't opt, opt out of if you are a 14th Amendment United States citizen. So, you know, it's real interesting that he says that. Um... It goes on to say, worth noting is that the safe harbor bill is not intended to eliminate taxes on a hard forked blockchain. Instead, the bill aims to provide a safe harbor to investors who don't properly account for a hard fork in calculating their tax returns. As previously reported by Cointelegraph, Congressman Emmer also reported reintroduced, excuse me, also recently reintroduced the bill to provide a safe harbor from licensing and registration for certain non-controlling blockchain developers and providers of blockchain services in January. In April, Congress representatives Warren Davidson and Darren Soto, a co-sponsor of the foregoing licensing and registration bill, moved to reintroduce the Token Taxonomy Act, which I do have a full podcast on. I got a full video. Hold on, let me see. I was trying to bring up the iTunes version, but I guess I'll bring up the Anchor. Though I am available on a couple of different uh, streaming platforms. And I'm going to roll through and just show y'all a couple of episodes that you definitely, definitely, definitely want to check out. And the reason I opted out from getting any type of revenue from this is because what you got to do to promote. So I'm not promoting nobody else but myself. Um... Now, I do, up to date, have 4,605 uh, total plays. I need to change this, too, as I'm not utilizing that anymore. There we go. Should have erased that too. It's all good though. So what we want to look for real quick is our episodes. This is available on Anchor.fm. Anchor.fm. Look for New Money Matrix. Let me see. Where are my episodes at? There we go. DeFi, new introduction to decentralized finance. That's an hour long. That was a real good one. That was a real good uh, podcast. Definitely want to check it out. Like I said, this is also uh, available on Spotify, iTunes, um, a couple other platforms. Compound Finance. Um, where's the one specifically I'm looking for, though? Um, I mean, even though I, I just posted about Kava um, yesterday... I did a story on XRP, Kava, and the decentralized finance in back, well, May. Back in May. It's July now. Let me see. The story of future money, Digitex debacle, um, Pundi X. 
What are we looking for? The Token Taxonomy Act. Decentralized Finance and the Introduction to Interdap and Compound Finance. What is decentralized financing? Die the ultimate stable coin. This right here is one of the most important uh, podcasts you can listen to over here. Banking the unbanked. Sovereignty through blockchain. It's an hour and 45, 44 minutes long. An hour and 44 minutes long. Five and two is seven. Once again, that 44 and seven coming through. Um, this, this is definitely a must here. It should have way more than 46 uh, listens. Though that's still decent for me just starting this up. Um, the digitized those the digital tokenization of gold is another good one. There it is, the Token Taxonomy Act Prelude, which is fifty four minutes long, and then I did HR seventy three fifty six where I broke down the whole Token Taxonomy Act, read it word for word. That's an hour, um, an hour, and then I combined the two, so you got about a two hour listen. Look for the Token Taxonomy Act full episode on the podcast. Very good listen, very good commentary. I believe it was me and Brother D. Duncan, who is a spokesman for the Pundi X platform, uh, XPOS system. So uh, definitely a must here if you haven't yet. Let me see. They go on to say that they, re- they, uh, they moved to reintroduce the Token Taxonomy Act. This bill, now listen, this bill would exclude cryptocurrency from security regulations and would similarly aim to simultaneously clarify and simplify regulatory compliance for blockchain-based businesses. So fam, I mean, I've been talking about this stuff for over two years now, trying to get people assimilated into the system, letting them know that this... this I mean, back when I was talking about it, there was none of this stuff in the, in the news. Even though shit was going on behind closed doors that we didn't know about, none of this was out in the forefront to whereas the American people or people worldwide could see what was going on. You know what I mean? As far as how they're campaigning for this thing, whether it's a yay or a nay. So keep that in mind. Right now, recording 41 minutes and 42 seconds. 52 seconds, excuse me, New Money Matrix podcast. Um, how we doing out there, family? We're almost through the first half of the show. I just had to come over here and hit one more point before I moved on. There's over $1 million in loans are being minted on MakerDAO, and more may be on the way. $1 million. Okay. Huge loans are being originated on the Ethereum blockchain as we speak. Today, the fifth largest loan position on the MakerDAO system minted 1 million new DAI tokens, and that means they had to put up about $2 million in collateral. The transaction fee on the $996,216 loan was a mere 73 cents. Now, I damn near want to stop here and not even read the rest of this, because this is the... What should I say? The foundation of my decentralized finance workshops. This right here, when you get into banking, this $1 million loan that you just seen done for 73 cent transaction fee is exactly one of the things that I teach. I bet they're probably going to take us to Makerscan. Um, let's see. Yep, Makerscan.io, which you're allowed to look at different. Uh, let's see what they're doing with this. This is two months. They've been doing this. This ain't nothing new. They've been playing with this for about five months. So I'm going to tell you what happened. Five months ago, they opened a CDP, right? They locked in 11500 Ethereum, and they withdrew $380,000, right? Once again, they locked in 11500 Ethereum, which allowed them... To withdraw $380,000. What did they do? They looped, right? 
they withdrew 780000 Because this right here, even though it's broke down into different transactions, what this is called is a loop or a leverage long. What they did was they went long on Ethereum again. They took the leverage that they created with the extra ETH, which allowed them to loan themselves X amount of more DAI or debt and were able to lock in $780,000, right? They looped again, created... So they went from 11,500 Ethereum to 18,500 Ethereum to 22,100 Ethereum. They went from 380,000 to 780,000 to 1,280,000. This is four months ago, though. So what they're speaking on right now, and I teach all of this. This right here, if, this is, if you're looking like, man, what is all this? And they were safe up until, let me see, this right here, we probably had a drawdown right here where he was in the danger zone. Um, and you can see what he did when he was in danger. Look, he instantly, instantly started wiping die. So what right here, what did he do? He wiped. Let me see. He went from 1,879,160 die. He went down to 1,779,160 die. Then he wiped himself down to 1,279,160 die until he got back in the safe zone. But he continued to wipe. He freed up uh, 84,000. Paid that off. He was at 0%. Look at that. He had over 10,000 Ethereum in here and only had and only had a loan out of 144 bucks. This was two months ago. Let's get on with the story. For those of you that have taken my collateralized debt position, my D5 1.0, D5 2.0, y'all should definitely be clapping your hands right now because it's getting the attention that I said months ago. For those that were part of the first class, I did my first class on D5 where um, everyone was able to uh, create a collateralized debt position on March 4th. We're now in July. So it can, that gives you sort of an outlook of how far ahead I am here in the game sometimes when it comes to public versus private information. That which I share can be looked at as private because it's not out there for the public. My show is not part of any of these mainstream uh, platforms. You understand what I mean? Anyways, it goes on to say it's not the first. The first loan issuing 1 million new die stablecoins was made in late June by the seventh largest collateralized debt position of CDP in the MakerDAO system. CDPs are essentially programmatic loans taken out by users who lock in holdings of ETH to draw out subsequent holdings of DAI from the MakerDAO system. The foundation maintaining the system says the recent upswing in Ethereum prices is making large loans more common. Oh, hold on. There we go. Um, I would not be surprised to see a $3 million mint, a $3 million mint by the end of the year. Joe Quintalini, uh, head of propriety trading at the Make a Dow Foundation, told Coindesk, minting high dollar amounts has been steadily increasing over the past year. The total supply of DAI now stands at roughly 91 million and may soon exceed a record high of 95 million. But with a debt ceiling of 100 million DAI currently in place, that growth is not without potential repercussions. I think DAI supply will continue to grow as markets stay bullish. Michael McDonald, creator of DAI Analytics, Site MKR Tools told uh, Coindesk, if it start hitting that 100 million and people still want to draw more die, you may have to really increase the stability fee. 
It all depends on what the governance decides to be, do about that. Um, and what they're speaking on is that the uh, system is ran by a governance system for those that are the MKR or MakerDAO token holders. You're part of the governance system. So anytime there is a vote on something to go on within the community, you actually use those tokens to upvote and place a vote on upcoming events. Um, the stability fee has been risen. When we first got into the space, I mean March 4th, we had a stability fee, which was the interest that you paid um, of 1% APR. It was a 1%. We're now up to, I think, 11%, 12%. We went up to about 15%. They've since dropped it down to about 11 or 12%. Um, even though we've used a more user-friendly platform, being the Instadat platform, which is built on top of the MakerDAO protocol, MakerDAO being an open-source protocol. So, um, stepping back, the MakerDAO stability fee... Hold on, where did I leave off? Yeah, is an interest rate that all users are required to pay back into the MakerDAO system once they close out their die loans. The stability fee currently, okay, it's at 18.5%, plays a crucial role in starving off supplies demand and restoring DAI's dollar valuation. So how would you calculate what 18.5%? Right now, if you loaned yourself $100, you would have to pay back $118.50. That's the fee. That is the interest that you would pay back on $100, $18.05 as of right now. Now, that's at the end of the year. What you did with that $100, right? If you were able to flip that $100 and say... $200, right? You would still have to come back and pay that 18.5% if that was the current stability fee. Now, what to keep in mind is that the stability fee does fluctuate throughout the year. It could be higher, it could be lower. So keep that in mind also. Um, my guess is that the price of ETH, okay, uh, currently 18.5%, plays a crucial role in starving off surplus demand and restoring DAI's dollar value. My guess is that the price of ETH has gone up significantly over the past few months. CDPs are heavily over-collateralized, so owners now feel comfortable drawing out more DAI against their ETH collateral. And I got one hell of a system where I, man, I ain't going to say I've mastered this, but I don't put a lot of time into this. Time to raise the ceiling. Given the bullish market trend, McDonald tells CoinDesk that MakerDAO token holders may soon have to consider increasing the hard supply cap on DAI, which currently sits at $100 million. This will all depend, McDonald says, on when multi-collateral DAI is introduced into the MakerDAO system. With multi-collateral DAI, users will be able to mint new DAI tokens by locking holdings of alternative cryptocurrencies just beyond Ethereum. And one of the top ones they've been speaking on over and over and over again because I'm part of these consultations, excuse me, not consultations, these presentations. I'm part of the uh, governance calls when they go live. The one currency that they continue to talk about as far as using in the MCD, the multi-collateralized uh, debt positions, is, hold on. Let me show you right now. None, no, none other than the gold-backed digital asset, which was built, one of the first to be built on the Ethereum blockchain, the DGX token, which is backed one for one, one gram of gold. Meaning the price does not fluctuate widely like any other cryptocurrency that is not actually backed by a physical asset. This one currency is backed by a physical asset, which means it does not fluctuate. Only with the price of gold does it fluctuate. So just as an example of that, let's real quick, not to get deviated, let's take a look first at a gram uh, price. See how much it is for a gram of gold right now? Probably about $45, $55, between $45 and $55 maybe. Um, per ounce, $1,300. Okay, so it's $44.88. Get the fuck. Part of my language family, but these 44s be following me. 71 is 8, which gives you 44. Right now, price per gram is $44.88. This should be real funny to me. $44.88.4. Price per kilogram, 
44,884. 4484. That's 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 interesting. Real interesting. Um real damn interesting. So let's see what the price of Digix is right now. And this is why they're gonna be using this as a uh as for the MCD because it is tied to a physical asset. Digix Digix Gold. Hold on. DGX. Digix Gold token. Here he is versus USD. So what we're taking a look at right now is the um, Digix Gold token asset and looking for fluctuation in the market. Um, right now trading at $45.80. Not too far off spot price. And as you can see right now, we do have a huge pump here. That was, when was this? May 9th, 2019. Don't know what that can account for. But um, as you can see, this has been a pretty much stable asset. Meaning if you want stability, not price fluctuation, not high price uh, increases, just stability. Meaning you want your money to be somewhere stable. That's what they use gold for. Let me put this out there also. Even though gold is on the rise right now, you do not put your money in gold to make back you know, 10, 20, 30, 40, 50% in a year or anything like that gold is a, is a stability asset meaning you put your money in gold to keep it at a stable yet um slightly increasing or decreasing um uh price because you may have drawdowns in gold but over the years gold has been used so much that the amount of trust that we have in it is you know yay high let me see how much uh time we have left new money matrix podcast okay 53 minutes let me finish up this story but yeah this is this is digits right here so um, when they speak on multi-collateralized debt positions, that's the one, one of the currencies they speak on. Um, it depends on how far along multi-collateral die is, said McDonald. If multi-collateral die is not going to launch until Q4 of this year, then I'd be all for raising the debt ceiling to allow for some amount of growth in the meantime. But ultimately, this decision, like the ones to increase the stability fee, are in the hands of the voters of the MakerDAO system. Those who hold MKR governance tokens. Since the MakerDAO lending protocol went live on the Ethereum blockchain in 2017, the DAI supply has, since strong, has seen strong upward growth for nearly a year and a half. So much so that beginning in January, the stablecoin began trading at market prices below its targeted dollar valuation. Over the course of four months and eight consecutive raises, the stability fee went from 0.5 to 19.5%. These increases did improve to retract DAI supply and raise stablecoin prices back to the dollar valuation. More recently, however, DAI supply looks to be back on the incline, and DAI prices, as of this week, are hovering at a 0.99% valuation across major cryptocurrency exchanges. Family, that is the first half of the Coffee and Crypto show. Um, for those that are tuning in right now, in fact, let's go take a look at MakerScan, the uh, first page, just so I can break this down for the viewers and those listening in on the New Money Matrix podcast. So what MakerScan, how you want to look at MakerScan, you can look at MakerScan at the banking system. How the, this bank works, though, for every dollar that they have created, which is in the form of debt, which is how the United States dollar is created in the form of debt. It's not money, i.e., as you would think money is. It doesn't have an intrinsic value. It is actually just a, uh, a representation of a debt. So when you give it to somebody, all you're doing is discharging or offsetting the original debt that was in play for the item or the service that you're doing. Um, now, not to get too technical about it, that means banks actually have no backing to back the dollar. But if they did, right, that's why we're insolvent. That's why we're $22 trillion in debt, yada, 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 yada. So with this bank, right now they have an issue collateral ratio of debt to collateral of 19.88%. Meaning the amount of collateral they have versus the amount of loans they have out, right? is nowhere near becoming insolvent, meaning they don't have enough collateral to back the amount of loan. 
as we can see right now, the total Ethereum collateralized is 1,509,730.65 ETH. So let's take this number, right? And let's... Damn, is it shown? Okay, copy. Let's go over here. Let's go to our cryptocurrency converter. I want to get this out before the end of the show also. Let's see. So let's see dollar amounts. Dollar amounts. Let's see how many dollars uh, they have in Ethereum held in the... Uh, the um as collateral now mind you this is the dollar amount with ethereum at the current price of whatever ethereum is which we're, we're going to check right now let's see let's look for ethereum so there's eth right now one eth is oh, hold on 310 bucks 84 cent one ethereum is 310 bucks and 84 cent so that means what they have in here could equivalent to Four hundred and sixty-nine million, so almost a half a billion dollars. No, yeah, no, yeah, hell yeah, almost a half a billion dollars. So four hundred and sixty-nine million two hundred and eighty-five thousand four hundred and eight dollars worth of Ethereum locked in this one platform alone. This is only one platform, family, just one platform, which was actually the MakerDAO system was actually thought about before the Ethereum protocol. Dig that. So out of that four hundred and sixty-nine billion, they only got ninety-one. Excuse me. 469 million, they only got 91 million out on loans. And these are CDPs that are being created, locked, draw, given, open. Somebody just opened a CDP 52 minutes ago. Let's take a look at 19, 141 and see if they've done anything with it. So they put in 0.035 Ethan collateral. I'll say, so I can say, I, right now I can tell what they're doing. They're testing this out. They're testing this out. They put in a little collateral. They got a little bit of debt out. The liquidation price is 214. Right now, they have no fees accrued because they just opened it. Their issue to collateral ratio right now is at a 46.23%. Right? They opened it. They locked in the 0.35. They withdrew the 0.5 right now. And they have it out on loan. Ethereum price right now is 308.97. And there you have it. That's a breakdown of a uh, CDP. So when we look at the overall bank, this is a bank. This is how, for those that, that may not grasp the concept of the Ethereum as collateral. Just look at this as gold bars. Each one of these gold bars right now are worth three hundred and ten dollars. So right now they got four hundred and sixty-nine million dollars worth of gold in their bank, and the amount of debt or the amount of dollars that they have circulating out in the world or out in their ecosystem right now is only ninety-one million. So remember this: we got four hundred and sixty-nine million dollars worth of gold. Only $91 million out on loan. So if we were to renege on the $91 million and not pay back, or somehow they weren't able to pay back, we still would have more than enough money to cover that. Like I say, right now you're only in the 19.88% debt-to-collateral ratio. So family, that is the first half of the show. I'm going to go ahead and end the New Money Matrix podcast with this. In fact, hold on. Before I do that, we got one minute. Let me just run through some of the prices for uh, those listening in. I just want to run through some of the prices. I got one minute to do this. Let me see if I can run through this real quick. Just for the New Money Matrix podcast, and then I'm going to come back and run through it for the, uh, those that are viewing. Right now, we got Bitcoin coming in at 13000 up 5.9%. Ethereum at 308 down 4.4%. Ripple at $0.39, cent, down 0.9%. Bitcoin Cash at $417, down 0.6%. Litecoin at $118, down 1.3%. Bitcoin Cash up 0.6%. 
EOS uh, 585, $5.85 down 1.10%. Binance Coin, $32.19 down 2.08%. Tether, which is the cryptocurrency equivalent to the United States dollar, is 99.44. It goes at 44 again. 99 cent right now down 0.44%. Goddamn. 5 and 3 is 8 also. 5 and 3 is 8, which is 44. Um, for those that might be new to this page, you already know I'm in the numerology. Coming in at number 9, we got Bitcoin SV trading at $200 even, down 1.7% within the last 24, though it's up 1% within the last hour. Coming in at number 10, and I'll leave it at that, we got Tron coming in at 3 cent, down 2.54%. That is your top 10 coins for those listening on the New Money Matrix podcast. Peace, power, and prosperity, family. I'm gone.